Why are you so nervous, Marcus? It's all right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> good day, chick. And I'll just say, right back at him, I'll say, good day, toots. Did the t- boys take the piss out of it? Yes, we did, but we all did enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 88 of the Pressure Point podcast. Oh, what a weekend. This would have to be one of the my favourite episodes to do and the one I've looked forward to doing the most ever since uh, Thursday night, I'd say. And, mate, round one, footy's back. Personally, it was unbelievable. You might have something else to say, but apart from what happened on Thursday night, I thought it was a, a pretty good round um, overall. I have to agree. Apart from Thursday night, it was a pretty good round overall. The, we, the AFL had gone out of their way, as we've spoken about before, to deliberately make all the games blockbusters to try and draw more of a crowd in. First time in a couple of years, we've been allowed full capacity in most states. So they've gone out of the way to do that. And we got, you know, for the most part, really good games. I think there's only one blowout for the round. We had one one-point margin. It was fantastic. So What was the blowout? Essendon versus Geelong. <laughs> funny. So. Yeah. Um, very funny <laughs> anyway we'll uh, we'll touch on them a bit later but um but yeah no I, I thought it was great the standard of footy was was really good i think it was a lot better than probably previous round ones have been um you know i think in particular i think that gws sydney game was was really like high quality game of footy that was that was great to watch um so yeah i, th- I think the whole round was great and then obviously the debutants as well like it, it was crazy to think you know some of the footy that was being played there was so much talent shown from these debutants that we saw this week. I don't remember a week where you've seen this many consistent debutants. One kicked five, had 27. Dacos was a gun, as we know. Um, you know, I can't even think of the names right now. They're all, there's too many because there were so many great performances. But, yeah, it was fantastic to see. And it just shows that the pre-seasons they must be having now, especially with no COVID interruptions, um, are paying dividends. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that was great to see and something I don't think we've ever seen before. And it's probably going to be the hardest rising star to select as well um, this round, which we'll touch on a bit later. But, yeah, it's um, it's been a great start. And it, is, it started on Wednesday night with uh, the grand final rematch between Melbourne and the Bulldogs. And the Ds pretty much picked up where they left off, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. It was almost a grand final type rematch, not in the sense the score margin wasn't as big, obviously, but the form that they were in was fantastic. And it was almost scarily similar, especially the way Petrarca played and just tore the game to bits and uh, you'd have to be a lot of people's favourite for Brownlow medal you'd think yeah. early on I know it's only round one but geez, Bulldogs showed absolutely no respect to him considering no. what they what he did to them in the grand final oh. you know, you'd think they'd, they'd be a bit tighter on him look a lot of teams don't tag I know Richmond don't personally I know the Dogs obviously don't as well I'm pretty sure after the game Stephen May was having an interview with um, the Fox footy reporters and he even said he was speaking to Aaron Norton in the goal square and Norto goes no we don't we won't tag we, mm. we don't normally do that but surely Someone like Petrarca, with what he did to you last time, even if it's not a hard tag, you just someone's yep. keeping a close eye. But once again, no respect, and he, he made them pay. Yeah, absolutely tore them apart. What about the crowds? Yeah, where were they? No idea. I mean, like I said before, they deliberately fixtured the fixture this week to draw crowds in and break the record for round one. And we didn't get as close as we thought we we're going to do, or break it by any means. And it started with the first game of the week. Everyone talks about should we have the grand final rematch as the first game of the year. And look, in terms of quality, you could probably expect it's going to be pretty good most years. But they had, what, 57,000, I think it was? Less than that, I think. Less than that? Yeah, yeah. It, it was terrible. If you're a Melbourne supporter and you've won the flag last year, wouldn't you want to be there to watch the flag like, racing? Where were you? Seriously. Uh, on, it's, dis- yeah. it's actually just pretty disgraceful when you think yeah. about it. Look, I know some people are probably a bit um, scared because of COVID. And it was a Wednesday night. And a Wednesday night. But that still. hurts. 
But I know if it was my club and I hadn't seen the flag in 57 years, I think it was. And they weren't there either. Yeah, you, they weren't there for the premiership. I would be there round one to watch the flag get raised. Mm. It's one night of the week. You don't have to do it, you know, every weekend. It's going to mm. be one time. Yeah. You, you think you would be there. And same for the Dogs fans. Wouldn't you want retribution? Yeah. You'd think you would come, go to the game, try and see your team get over the line in round one and be like, oh, we're on this year. Mm. Obviously, it didn't happen for the Dogs, but you don't know that beforehand. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty disappointing. Even Richmond Carlton, who had the, the highest number attendance for the year, for the year, for round one, sorry, um, we only had 78, which is even low for our standards. So I don't I know it was what. 72. 72, was it? Or yeah. even less. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's happening with fans in general, but yeah. numbers were down. Felt like 90, that game. It did but feel like 90. The yeah. crowd was nuts. But that's what you get from the two, two of the biggest clubs in yeah. Melbourne. You know, the big four, obviously, we know Carlton Collingwood. The real season then, opener, it was. It, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, look, I mean, maybe it's easy for us to say because we're used to it and it involves our clubs. But I mean, it's almost a no brainer. The two, two of the biggest clubs in Melbourne, you're going to get a big turnout every time, no, problem, no matter what. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. For me, I think you, we probably should go back to that. But it's going to depend year by year on who wins the grand final. Like you mentioned before the podcast, what if it's a Fremantle or GWS grand final? That's not going to pack the MCG no. or, you know, it's not even going to pack Giant Stadium yeah. or whatever they're calling it these days. So it's, I don't know why you would even bother, but yeah, it, yeah it's very dependent, I think. Yeah, for sure. What about the uh, the biggest news story from the weekend? And outrageous to think how that all transpired was, well, it started off with just a little, little scrap between Luke Beveridge and Tom Morris in the press conference. And then it turned out to Tom Morris getting the sack from Fox footy from um, a couple of interesting audio messages that were leaked from his, uh, from his mates and um, has put him in a lot of trouble. And um, I think Bevo's probably sitting back having a nice fat cigar saying that though. Oh, I reckon he absolutely is. I mean, for those that I mean, sure, I'm pretty sure most yeah. people have seen it by now. Um, Bevo was not happy that Tom Morris was in attendance at the press conference and, you know, didn't shy away from that. And obviously then he came out the next day or the day after with a very, very forced apology. He may as well have had a gun to his head when saying that apology. It didn't mean it. You could tell. Do you, th- do you think Bevo, do you reckon it was a build-up of things with Tom? Do you reckon he knew something about Tom Morris that a lot of people didn't? And that's why he... Yeah, potentially. Because it was a serious out. It was like a bit massive overreaction. Yeah, potentially. I know Bevo has gotten like that with journalists in the past though, not just Tom. He's mm. always been a little bit aggressive and defensive towards them. Um, so potentially, I know he wasn't happy with what Tom Morris reported last year before the yeah. grand final when Gardner um, was getting selected. So it could be stemmed back just to that. I'm not sure. if there's, You'd think that there was something else that we probably aren't privy to because the the outburst was a bit ridiculous. But then, yeah, like you said, I guess once uh, people get a sniff of things, I thought, geez, let's uh, drag a man while he's down. Mm. Um, we'll get him. And then there, these, like you said, these WhatsApp messages, voice recordings and videos came out that... Look, I, if, you know, my opinion on this is that you're a pretty shallow friend if that's in your group chat and you're a friend of Tom's and you're releasing that. Mm. That's not defending what Tom has said and done because you, you can't defend those things and we're not going to repeat them. Everyone's probably heard them by now. Um, so we don't condone those, obviously. But I think, yeah, to have a friend in the spotlight like Tom and, you know, obviously those messages were sent in confidence, I think it's pretty... I, I wouldn't want one of my mates doing that. Um, pull him up privately if you don't agree with it. I mean, no. just just that the fact that it was released while this was happening, you know? It, that's what I mean. It was very convenient. It wasn't mm. like a friend seen this when it first happened and gone, oh, I don't agree with that. Let's expose yeah. him. They've, they've done it deliberately because I knew it would gain traction. Yeah. And that's the part I disagree with. What Tom has said, yeah, it's unforgivable. You, yeah. you can't forgive it. And that was terrible. You, you can't imagine him coming back from that. But, like, you know, we are talking about it before we recorded. 
it was really surprising from us. Again, as a lot of you would know, we had Tom on as a guest last year and he, I couldn't, I've got nothing but positive things to say about the experience we had with him. And obviously, um, you know, it's going to be a bit different to the way he was, the people he was mentioning and referencing in his uh, WhatsApp videos and stuff like that being us too. But, uh, you know, I, yeah, I couldn't speak higher of him after that, that um, experience that we had. Like even once we finished recording, he said to me, oh, you know, if you would, you know, he's giving me contacts for jobs and stuff that he knew I was sort of interested in. So like he didn't have to do any of that, but he, he hung around and he did. So I was, you know, really impressed by that. But then, yeah, to see this was really disappointing this week. And like I said, with it, there's no excusing it or um, making excuses for him. It's, he's, yeah, he's, he's dug his own grave essentially. Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah, no forgiving him with that one. And I think, for, yeah, Fox definitely made it the right call in, um, in sacking him. I think that's the only option they had really. Yeah, and, um, I, and I was talking about this with someone at work today because I was saying, do you reckon he makes a comeback? And I said, you know what? The way the AFL landscape works is if you're an ex-player, you can almost get away with murder and eventually you'll sneak your way back into these sorts of things. But I just feel with Tom not, ha- you know, it, he's got no reason really for him to be able to for- find his way back in. I can't see it happening. I mean, you know, I hope he finds another career. I don't... Mm. Want this to be the end of his, you know, any job he can get. Um, like I said, I think he's a good person, just made a mistake. But yep. yeah, I think um, I don't see him back at, especially at Fox Footy or anywhere in the big AFL media nah, landscape or sports media yeah. landscape. Wouldn't have thought. Um, I mean, time does heal, but I, I can't see him making a comeback. No way. Just with the way things transpire in this day and age as well, with the things that were said. Um, no, nah, it's just unforgivable, I think. Nah, but let's hope he um, educates himself and um, and gets back on, on the right path and, and hope he's, um, yeah, learnt from his uh, big mistake. Um, but, yeah, so that was a massive... That all like, happened in, like, 24 hours, didn't it? It went from Bevo, you know, smashing him and everyone on Tom's side to, you know, all this stuff coming out about Tom and then everyone hating Tom. So it was... Uh, it was a nuts. wild 24 hours. Oh, I, mean, I remember watching it on Fox footy and I was thinking, Jason, I remember I tweeted straight away, mm. like, you know, defending Tom and all that, saying, mate, Bevo, you're just a sore loser. Yep. Um, and then I had a bit of egg on my face the next day when sort yep. of everything came out. But yeah, you're right. It was just a big whirlwind 24 hours for yep. well, Tom and I guess yeah, the football media. Well, it was while we were at the, um, at the London Tavern, wasn't it? That's when all that, when we first heard what was going on with, with Tom, wasn't it? Yeah, well, so the night before was the Wednesday night with the game. That was the Bevo press conference because um, I was on the Gold Coast at the time. And then I flew yep. in the next day for round one. I wish I didn't now, but I flew <laughs> in for round one Thursday morning. And yeah, with the London Tavern together before the game and it came out on TV that Fox, yep. had, um, Fox yep. had sacked him. It all happened there. That's right. Yeah, so huge. Um, but yeah, we may as well. Let's get into it. Let's do it. I mean, it's the elephant in the room. And <laughs> oh, jeez. I never thought I'd see this day where... Carlton have beaten Richmond and it's the first time Carlton have beaten, beaten Richmond since we've known each other. First time on the podcast. First time in 10 and years. First time, in t- first time since the 2013 elimination final. Um, and for me personally, that was the best atmosphere, crowd noise, potentially even Carlton game I've been at since that elimination final. It was um, it was unbelievable. Um, yeah, as I said, it felt like there was 90,000 people there. The noise was huge and um, and yeah, one of the most enjoyable nights I've had at the footy for for a very long time. I'm not saying that to be you know sinister. It was genuinely was. And the look in your eyes says yeah. otherwise. <laughs> it was just the fact that you know Richmond have obviously been the best team for a number of years now, and um, we hadn't beaten years in you know, what was it, eleven years or something like that. So um, to finally do it, it was just the build up of all that, and um, yeah, obviously the all the the pain that we've been through the last few years to to finally see that you know we might be turning that corner and. You know, being a good team and, and beating a good team like Richmond, it's, uh, 
yeah, brought us a lot of joy. So that was a um, an unbelievable night. And seeing Patrick Cripps back to his best was uh, was very heartwarming because he's uh, obviously had a pretty tough couple of years, and to see him back at his best was um, was huge. And and the midfield dominance with you know the new boys, Adam Chera, George Hewitt. And then Matt Kennedy as well, backing up his preseason form was huge. So it's uh, it was a, a great night to be a Carlton supporter, and hopefully it's a sign of things to come. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, from obviously the other perspective, it wasn't the best night for me. Um, it was great just to be back at the footy, though. I love that. You know, the atmosphere, the experience, even when the other opposition team is going nuts, it's you don't get that at home. We haven't had that the last couple of years, despite the fact that it wasn't me cheering as much. It was still an enjoyable experience to be there. So I really appreciated that, and I think you're right. I think it's. Definitely a good sign for the Blues for things to come. Um, I mean, there's no better way to start the new year than beating the team that finished 12th in the ladder the year before. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great start for you guys. You guys there are absolutely flying. So, um, yeah, great start by the Blues. But I'll let you touch a bit more on this next part because there was actually one moment of the game where I wouldn't normally stand up and clap, um, but I did this time, and it was when a certain goal was kicked throughout the game. I'm Sam sure Doherty you know, goal. I'm sure you know which one yep. I'm talking about. Yeah, it was the Sam Doherty goal. And when Doc went back and kicked that goal, I even texted your sister at the time, Elisa, and I said, some things are bigger than footy. And mm. like me and my sister, were both, we stood up, we clapped, and it's you know, obviously we didn't want Carlton to kick the goal, but for Doc to kick that in his comeback game after what he's been through was something so special. And I mean, obviously it probably means a bit more to you, him being your captain um, over the past few years. Yeah, that was that was one of the best moments I've I've being involved in at, at a footy game, um, you know, it gives you goosebumps just even thinking about it um, and being there and the the noise of the crowd. You could you'd see some people in the crowd are a bit emotional as well. It was even like you know bringing tears to my eyes. It was um, it was a great moment and just you know the things he's been through. You know, back to back ACLs. That's his. It was his second cancer battle. Um, it was only in January where you know he was looking pretty unwell. Like you know, had no hair. Was looking very pale. Like lost a lot of weight. Like and for him to play in round one and not just play in round one. To dominate, like he had twenty six touches and went at ninety six percent disposal efficiency. Like he was one of the best players on the ground, um, and for him to do that was was incredible. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love love the bloke. He's um you know, bleeds Carlton and he's um one of the one of the best leaders we've got at the club. So for him to do that was was huge and definitely uh, I think was the best moment of the night. For yeah, sure. or arguably the best moment of round one. It was up there yeah. with one of them. Or for be, sure. It would be one of the moments of the year. Yeah, Definitely. 100%. It yeah. was something very pretty special. But um, we, we'll, we'll try and move on from the Richmond-Carlton game. We have copped a bit of criticism in the past for dwindling on Richmond and Carlton when we start speaking Mate, about I mean, them. It goes without saying for round, when we play each other. In round one yeah. it does. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But we'll, we'll try and move on. But obviously for those watching the YouTube and for those that have seen our Instagram stories, there was a bet placed on this game. Yes, there um, was. And for those who have seen, you already know what the result was. But yeah, the loser of the, the, loser of the, the bet had to buy an opposition membership, three games. Um, and then wear the opposition jumper during the podcast. So for those that are watching, I am in a Carlton jumper right now. Or for those listening, sorry, for those Suits watching, you already so know much. it. You look so good. Well, it's probably because of my ethnic, comple- uh, you know, <laughs> my yeah. ethnic complexion. That's that's why I look so good in it. Um, and obviously, I hadn't seen scenes like at the MCG on Thursday night since Italy won the Euros on Margon Street. That that was the last time I saw scenes like that. So it was absolutely incredible. But um, I have lost the bet, and I've fair and square. I've bought my membership. Um, yeah. You're coming to six games with us this year. Yeah, well, the three-game membership yeah, was uh, upgraded to six because that's the only way Carlton can get members. So um, we have to give absolute bargains. But, yeah, we've done that. So I've got the membership. And I think 
Might be a similar bet next year. We'll have to see. We might tweak it a little bit. But yep. I think from what I've gone through, I would love to see Marcus go through the same <laughs> thing. So we'll, we'll see how we go. But yeah, that's that's what's happened. Yeah, no, nah, very good. You're a, you're a good sport for, for doing it. And shout out to the Almost Blues brothers, Joe and the boys, for that suggestion. That was um that was them. So thank you for that. And yeah, Quinn's looking fantastic. And we'll uh, we'll make sure we meet up at a few Carlton games with, with that jumper on as well. I will not be wearing <laughs> this jumper in public. <laughs> All right, let's move on from round one as good as it was. Uh, re- that round one game. Let's not move on completely from round one. There's nowhere to got, go. There's nowhere to go from round got one. Six or seven more games to go. Um, yeah, so Friday night, Collingwood St Kilda. That was uh, probably one of the surprises of the round, I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone sort of had St Kilda coming on the up, the rebound after last year. And I think Collingwood would tip to be towards the bottom of the ladder. I know my predictions had them at last, which is a bit of a bit of a shit stir to some of the Pies fans out there. I got a couple of bites, <laughs> but um, I didn't expect them to beat the Saints week one and they came out. And yeah, mate. Oh, what embarrassed is probably the wrong word, but yeah, almost embarrassed. Collingwood, St. Kilda. Look, they look very good. They did, they didn't slick. they? They were just all over them, and yeah, St Kilda didn't really have many answers at all. Yeah, no, nah, they were good. They were very impressive, and the Saints had a bit of a fight back in that third quarter where they um they looked pretty good. But apart from that, Collingwood were definitely the the better side on the night. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Jack Hayes from St Kilda was looked really good in his first game too. So, um. I thought it was a pretty good game of footy. Just Collingwood were obviously the better team. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, they were. They were the best. Like you said, Jack Hayes was a star, wasn't mm. he? I think he was. He twenty six. He came from yeah, the Sandpool, and he's just yeah. He looked really good. Yeah, he looked like he fit right into the team, and it's almost a surprise he hasn't been yeah um, picked up earlier. But yeah, good things for St Kilda not front. Yeah. Another news story that came out revolving this game. Um, was Kane Collins was slamming Jack Ginnivan. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, I did. For whipping out the GoPro after the game and, you know, pretty much flexing around going, you know, light work. That's, you know, one of many this year. And Kane Collins said, mate, you've played six games, earn some respect in the league before you start doing this kind of stuff. What are your thoughts on that? I know some people are arguing that we should be letting the players show a bit more personality. What are your thoughts on, on this? I, I agree with him to a certain extent. Like... I mean, I probably didn't even know who Jack Ginnivan was, you know, before this yeah. game. Um, I mean, I would have heard of him, but I'd probably, you, I probably couldn't tell you what he looked like. So I can see Kane's point there. Like, you know, they probably could have picked someone else to do the carry-on after the game. But, I mean, yeah, I'm all for players showing personality and getting up and about. And, yeah, it was a big win for the Pies. Like, no one really picked him. Um, so I'm all for it. And they've got a pretty young team. So, yeah, I mean, they've got a, a good young amount of players to choose from and they're probably the ones that have the most personality so I don't have a problem with that sense but I kind of agree with Kane where he's coming from where he's like who's this player carrying on you know no one really knows him he's only played six games so yeah I can I, see that I'm side with you it. and yeah I'm with you and Kane on that sense I can see where he's coming from but I I think it's fine you know or fair play yeah like you said players should be able to show their personality we've criticized them in the past for being on the media and being very stone-faced and not really giving much and then when they do show their personality, we tend to sort of give them a bit of flack. I mean, Sydney Stack's another one that cops are for doing the same thing. And, I, I mean, you know, he might be a little bit too much. But I think mm. the fact that players are comfortable showing their personalities now are really good. So yep. I'm all for it. Um, yeah, move on, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Nah, play on from there. Um, let's move on to Saturday. And uh, it was the, the big blowout game between Geelong and Essendon. Oh, the Bombers. It's hard not to smile at this one, isn't it? We try not to be biased against Essendon, but it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a rival club for both of us, so it is it is tough not to. But um, I mean, they do the same. They do the same to us. That's the way we're going to look at it, so yeah. we don't feel as bad about giving it to them. But it, it was a really disappointing they result. Were, they that, were very bad. They were shocking. Four. I mean, look, in the other half, 
Geelong were really good. Yeah. I thought Geelong looked really polished. Uh, a lot of people tipped him to sort of drop off. I don't think it's going to happen, especially after the way we saw them play. Um, and Essendon did go in without any real forward line, no stringer, no tip and woody. So, I mean, yep. they were they were undermanned, but yeah, the effort, I think, was the biggest thing that was lacking. The effort and they had a lot of disposal. I think Essendon had more disposals than Geelong, but they just weren't using it. Like, it was just no impact on the games from, you know, their, their star players. Um, so, it was, yeah, very concerning. I mean, you, you've, had, you've had all pre-season to prepare for this game and prepare for Geelong and to put in a performance like that. It's like... That was like an end of the end of the season performance where you've got nothing to play for. That's you've what kind of given up. At that that's point. what it looked like. But it's round one. You'd expect them to be fired up and and rearing to go. But they just did not look like they were um, out of second gear, really. No, and it's yeah, it's it would have been hard to watch for Bomber supporters. But mm. the only I think positive to take out of this game was the rising star potential nominee yeah. this week, Nick Martin. Yeah. Who I mean, for me, he has to win the rising star yeah. nomination for this week. He had twenty seven disposals, ten marks, and five goals. In his debut game. Crazy. Who, who does that? Yeah. No one has performances like that. Like we said earlier, there was a few big games, but yep. for me, this is the biggest, and I reckon that's one. They only kicked 11 goals to the game, and their debutant kicked five of them. Yep. So yep. it's massive for the yeah. Bombers. Yeah, was, that was unbelievable. Couldn't believe it when I looked at the stats after the game. I was like, who is this Nick yeah, Martin? Yeah, who? Should have yeah. given him the GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> he would. He deserved that. I don't think Kane Claus would have an issue with that. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, that was that was an unbelievable debut and definitely a, a shining light for the Bombers on a on a pretty dark day. And but yeah, the Cats did look good. I mean, I think a lot of people rode off Geelong this year and they've started off really well. Um, Jeremy Cameron though, a little bit of a concern there with that. He did not look in a good way when he came off. No, not at all. But I'm pretty sure Scans confirmed earlier today he's that he's going to be okay, which yep. is um, good news for Cats fans. But yeah, he looked worse for wear, definitely coming off the ground yep. on the weekend. But uh, um, obviously, it's good news that he's uh, going to be all right. Yep. But the Giants and the Swans, that was a high-quality game, as we said a bit earlier. That was, that was that was probably my game of the week yep. in terms of just pure quality. I thought that was one of the better games we've seen. The Giants were up for most of the game, and then Sydney's pure class and talent came yep. into play later on Luke and obviously Parker. got the win. And oh, Luke, Yeah, exactly. Luke Parker, say no more. Obviously, we're kind of hoping Buddy would kick his five and, you know, kick his 1,000th on that day. But I'm still, for me personally, I'm fingers crossed that he doesn't do it for a couple of weeks and we can see him in mm-hmm. Melbourne. So yeah. there's a chance there. But, yeah, no, the, the game itself was uh, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And I think both sides are going to be really hard to beat this year. Yeah, they will. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, the quality of footy that I feel like there was barely any turnovers. Like, it was just a crazy, crazy stand that they were both playing at. So it was really good to see. And then even Paddy McCartan making his comeback too for the Swans was great. So... A lot of good stories from that game. And, yeah, they'll both be up there um, come season's end, I reckon, as well. Um, and then, yeah, two other big teams that played on the same night was Brisbane and Port. You know, Port were winning for most of that game and then Brisbane got them at the end um, with a touch more class. But, yeah, Port were a, a bit unlucky to lose that one. They were, yeah, they were winning the whole match. and I don't think they've beaten Brisbane at the Gabba for a very long time either. No, I don't think they have. I think this was one of the only tips, though, I did get right this week was mm. Brisbane winning up at the Gabba. I didn't see them losing, but at one point of the game, I thought, oh, geez, like it's, I can't see Port losing this one. And then they let it slip, obviously. Um, and I think it was the last quarter they lost the lead, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a late lead slip. But um, one thing that did make me laugh about the game was the Joe Danaher, yeah. one of the best marks I've seen in recent times, and he yeah. gives the handball right on the siren. It's like, mate, you're just yeah, outside the just goal square. Kick the goal. Yeah. Go back and kick the goal. I mean, I do think he ended up being probably best on ground with four goals, probably winning them the game. So he well and truly made up for it. But I did think it was quite funny. One thing I do want to ask about both these sides is the one way that you people say you can win a flag is to have the good team 
and no injuries. And you've seen it in the past um, with the teams that have won recent flags that they sort of had a good run with injuries and all that. Port and Brisbane have had that, no real injuries, um, and haven't managed to get there just yet. Port Adelaide now have got a couple of injuries. Ilira Lear has just done a syndesmosis injury. What do you th- where do you think these sides go from here? Is it, is it too late for them if they get even a couple more injuries each? What, what, what do you think? I feel like they've both got pretty good depth. I think they can cover it. I think Brisbane, you saw last year, they had, they had a few injuries at the start of the year then they really got going once their players were fit. So I think I think these two teams are pretty well covered. I think they'll be fine. You, they probably just want to avoid like the, the real key players. Um, they, can, they both rely on their engine rooms. Um, I think if they lost a few of those players, they'd be in a bit more trouble, but I think they'll be fine. I think they'll both still be up there yeah, come season's end. You'd, you'd think so. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's way too early to say. I mean, yeah. it's round one. We're only speculating, but yeah, just yeah. a good food for thought. Yeah. Well, two teams that probably won't be up there towards the end of the year are Hawthorne and North Melbourne. That was a... I thought it was not not a bad game at the MCG. North were gallant, but I think Hawthorne had a little bit too much class in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And I that's mean, saying something. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely it is. I think it was one of those games where you sometimes get teams that are towards the bottom of the ladder, but because they're both towards the bottom, they actually put on a really good show. Mm. And I think this was one of those types of games. It was a it was a good game. We saw the long sleeves back in Hawthorne jump yeah. on Chad Wingard, See which that. we haven't seen in. Oh, how long? How long was Clarko coach? Yeah, exactly. A very that, long time. That ban on, didn't he? Yeah, exactly right. So that was uh, that was something to take out of the yep. game. But no, nah, another game where some of the youngsters really showed a lot. And uh, CJ for the Hawks. Yep. I'm not going to try to pronounce his full name. I'm not going to butcher it. It's disrespectful <laughs> to him. But he was arguably best on ground for me. And yeah, I think his potential was endless. Yeah, the things that I reckon he'll be able to do with his career if he continues in the form that he's on is is scary. Yeah, he's an absolute star. And then even Jason Horn Francis debuting for the Kangas was. Was great. He was. He looked. He looked like he's he's been at the level for a number of years. He's so, so built as well yeah. for an eighteen year old. This yeah. he looks like a thirty two year old man. Yeah, he's he he's a big boy. It was nice to see him kick his first goal as well. Yeah. And his his mum in the crowd shedding a tear. Which yeah. is uh, those are the footy stories that you love to talk about. Mm. Um, you know, there's obviously been a few from this week, and but yeah. this was this was another one that I was really I really loved. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to see. It was great to see the Kangas in their uh, traditional Guernseys as well. Back to that royal. Royal blue instead of the the pin. I think they had the pinstripe. Was it yeah, last year? I they think did, it was the they? pinstripe. They've yeah. gone to Puma now, so they're they're going back to their to their roots, which is good. Having that prop, I know a lot of the fans preferred that, and they didn't like the uh, the darker blue that they had on their stripes. So it's good to see them running around in that. And Callan Coleman Jones made his debut as well for North too. So. Um, a lot was happening at the G yesterday, but yeah, Hawthorne just getting over the line. That was a big talking point though with Callum Coleman Jones. North Melbourne played three ruckmen yeah. in a game where Hawthorne were missing their number one ruckman. Yeah, it was poor. That was a very interesting poor choice. Coaching, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I think it's John Noble's at that point now. Was that is, is David Noble? Sorry, jeez, I'm getting confused. David Noble is uh, is at that point now where he's definitely he's not in the honeymoon phase of coaching anymore. It's uh, yeah. it's time now where he's going to start. Not just him, the team as well, obviously, but it's yeah, time where they're going to start showing signs that they're going to climb the ladder. Yep. Um, and I guess make you know you knew that McAvoy wasn't playing for the Hawks. Don't play three yeah. ruckmen. You you probably you've probably gone too tall there. So yep, I get the thought process behind maybe exposing them because they didn't have that height. Um, but two ruckmen would have been plenty. Yeah. So definitely, that's just another one. Yep. No, I completely agree. Um, Adelaide Frio also on the Sunday. That was a crazy, crazy game as well. Crazy finish. Mate, See that. I- was a Heath Chapman on the I was going to say, another yeah. player that I don't think anyone knew, yeah, they, anyone knew if you, before you asked him a couple of days ago, and now all of a sudden he's one of the bigger names in the game after that spoil. And the thing about that spoil was not just that he got a fist to it, it was the fact that he kept it in play and stopped the draw. Yeah. Keeping it in play so there was no score whatsoever was mm. super impressive, especially yeah. for a youngster. So, no, I thought that was a, 
incredible. But the game itself was actually quite good. I mean, Frio were, I thought, were probably the better side for most of the day. I know they won, but I think they were the better side for most of the day. But even Adelaide looked pretty good at, um, at certain stages of the game. And I reckon both these sides are going to be... Well, Frio were already sort of um, pushing for the eight, but I reckon Adelaide are going to be climbing for sure. Yeah, I think they'll definitely be improving. They looked, um, they had some really good moments in that game too. So, yeah, another another great game for, for the round. And uh, Josh Rochelle? Yes, yes, we can't can't forget about him. Five goals on on debut. Another, another one, another crazy debut debutant from the round. And um, I think it's pronounced Rochelle. Rochelle. Yeah, the Italian oh, pron- pronunciation of you it. You get to flick your wrist a little bit when you say it as well. Rochelle. He'll be getting a cup membership soon, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> he was fantastic. But you know what? He just looked like a pure small forward. Mm. Like, he just knew, had a great goal sense. He was zippy. He just looked like one of those classic small forwards that we don't see as much anymore because we tend to put midfielders down there to rest a lot these days. But, yeah, it was good to see Yeah, another small forward yep. um, working his craft. For sure. And then the final game of the round, West Coast and the Gold Coast. That was... Uh, Gold Coast, they love starting the seasons well and, and they've done it again, but I feel like it's different this time. They actually looked quite impressive. Matt Rowell, you know, back, fit again, back to his best, dominated that game he did. Oh, he um, tore it apart. He had, I think, 30-something touches and had 22 of them were contested. So that just shows the, the level that he's at um, after a couple of seasons with injury. So good to see him back and obviously Took Miller was, was him just... Leading from the front. Just classic. He was yeah. my Brownlow tip at the beginning of the year. I think yeah. this is the first game took Miller. I think the first game in 16 games it took Miller hasn't got th- more, 30 or more disposals, mm. but he ended on 29. <laughs> so yeah. he didn't exactly drop the gun, you know, in yeah. that sense. But he, yeah, he was fantastic. And back to Matt Rao, he had that kind of a game after nearly getting completely knocked out as yeah. well. And he got up and just thought, no, nah, we're winning yeah. this game. And he tore the game to shreds. So I think everyone's forgotten how good he was those first few rounds when he. First started. We've got three BOGs in a row yeah. from memory, and then he, before he did his knee, and yep. then, yeah, he's had a bad run at it for the start of his career, but yeah, yeah he'll, he's, a he's, a, he's a star. Yeah, he'll have a, a big year, and he could even, yeah, push for an All Australian if he keeps that up for sure. So that was good to see, and yeah, it was good, just good to see Gold Coast, I think, winning. I think AFL needs it. It's good for the competition if they can finally get better. Yeah, and 100%. But I mean, you touched on it last year, and it's the same case. Yeah. They start hot, it's whether they can be consistent and yep. keep that going, but. They showed good signs. All they can do is win each week. So one week at a time for them, I guess. And yeah, they showed good signs, albeit against an undermanned West Coast, who I thought put in a really good performance considering the players that they were missing. They put up a really good fight. I didn't think they didn't roll over by any means. Yeah, no, for sure. I think they had their waffle team out West Coast, so it was uh <laughs> Yeah, it was disappointing yeah. for West Coast, but Oh well. Um, injuries. All right, so that's all the games from round one. Who's uh well at the time of recording the rising star nominee hasn't been announced, but by the time we released this, it would have. Who's your pick? You got oh, Nick Martin. I have to. Yeah, I have to. I think the twenty-seven touches and five goals on top of that. Um, I know we had a couple of five goal hauls, but the twenty-seven touches and the ten marks. Yeah, that just shows confidence. And yeah, for me, it has it takes a cake. I'm going Nick Martin as well. I think. I mean, it wouldn't surprise you. Nick Dacos got it, but um, no, nah, I think Nick Martin for sure. I, I just feel like that twenty-seven and five would be best on ground if any player did that. That's what I mean. It has to. Mm. It has to take the cake. Dacos will no doubt get many yeah, so more, you can save him many more nominations. Yeah. He looks like he's going to be an absolute superstar as well. So yeah. he's going to have many more nominations. He doesn't need this one. Yeah. I think yeah for yeah. sure. Cool. All right. Well, that's round one in the books. Let's uh, let's preview round two, and um, it all starts again on another Thursday night. Doggies and the Blues. 
but the Blues are without Vossi. He's uh, he's got COVID, so he won't be in the coach's seat. Ashley Hansen will be taking over. Um, how do you think the Blues are going to go without the Voss, the boss, up there? I don't think it'll make too much of a difference. Nah. Everything is set in place. It's yeah. already you know it's, it's already there. It's a system. It's, yeah, yeah. Not, nothing really changes. It's just maybe the motivation factor. Oh, who knows how good Ash Hansen is? A bit. He's a premiership. Premiership coach in the he was so he's VFL he was I with think the Bulldogs it was. yeah so he's actually come from the Bulldogs so yeah and now and he's coaching against them so yeah. the, probably the perfect one to step in he won it in 2016 that's right when the yep. Dogs won the AFL Grand Final he coached their VFL yep. side to a flag as well so he's had, he's had experience he knows what he's doing he's a great coach um, yep. yeah so I think he'll do the job just fine I don't think that'll impact the game too much but it's going to be interesting because Carlton will be up and about like you said after beating last year's 12th place and then the Bulldogs are going to be roaring to you know, make amends for the last. I can't. <laughs> Roaring to make amends from the loss against Melbourne um, after being, you know, that abysmal performance at certain stages of the game. So they'll be looking to bounce back as well. So it's an interesting one for me. I think dogs at home just, but if Carlton's midfield do what they did against Richmond, then yep. they're just as much of a chance. But I think dogs on the rebound at home. Carlton have a weird, weird record against the Bulldogs where we always play well against them even over the last few years when we've been pretty average. Like last year we were five goals in front and you know, lost. we lost in the end, but like we played very good again. Probably one of our best games. In the last two years we've smashed them both times we've played them. So we do have a, a really good record against them. So who knows? Yeah, but yeah, Bulldogs back on, on their Marvel deck coming off a disappointing loss. Yeah, you'd probably have to pick them up, I'd say. I think it's the safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. The safe bet, but then... But if Carlton's their bogey team, then who knows? You know better than me. If Carlton gonna, plays I'm like they did last week. Yeah, I'm, win, I'm landing win. on the dogs, yep. but we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, Friday night, we've got Sydney and Geelong. Is this where Buddy's going to kick his thousand? I hope not, because if he doesn't, it'll be the week after in Melbourne, so that'll be beautiful. But <laughs> look, he's every chance. He's going to kick four. Um, why not? If Sydney play the way they did with their midfielders doing the things they were doing, Isaac Heaney, Luke Parker, Stars, if they can do that again um, and, hit, and Buddy has a bit more of an impact... And yeah, absolutely, he can do it. I, I think at the SCG, I'm going to go the Swans. Yep. They just look so vibrant at the moment. They're a lot younger than the Cats. They might be able to run them off their legs a little bit. The Cats are still going to be very good this year. But yeah, I reckon Sydney this week for me. Yeah, Sydney for me, they were way too impressive last week. Uh, Saturday afternoon, we've got Collingwood and Adelaide at the MCG. It's going to be an interesting one. This will be a really, really good game. Yep. Um, Adelaide don't always play... As well, away from Adelaide Oval. I mean, a lot of teams play a lot better on their home ground, so that's probably a silly statement to make. But I think Collingwood are going to win this one for me just from what they did against the Saints. They looked a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And I reckon they'll have a bit of confidence going into this, yeah. especially if Ginevin gets the, uh, the the GoPro at the end of the game as well. So he'll be all over it. But no, nah, I reckon Collingwood for me, um, for this one, although I'm looking forward to seeing what Adelaide can do if they can back up their two good performances, yep. albeit having a loss. Crazy. If Collingwood win this, they'll be 2-0. and Who would have thought? No yeah. one would have tipped yeah. that. Well, you wouldn't have thought. No, you, you definitely picked him not. for the spoon, so. It's still a long season. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, later that day, we've got Essendon and Brisbane at Marvel. The Bombers will be desperately wanting to bounce back after last week. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't want to start the season 0-2, and two, which, you know, a lot of teams are going to be a chance to do that, and I, I think the Bombers will. I don't, I don't see them beating yep. Brisbane. Brisbane looked on fire. Um, the other night, and yeah, I just I know they're traveling, but I, I can't see them losing to the no. Bombers, not after what the Bombers did no. the other night. No, I think Brisbane as well, they're going to be, yeah, again, as you said earlier, they'll be they'll be right up there again come season's end. Uh, Saturday night, we've got Port Adelaide and Hawthorne at the Adelaide Oval. I think Port 
too good here. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, Port, yeah. Port don't lose very often at Adelaide Oval, not against Hawthorne yeah. as well. And if you look at the sports bet odds at the moment, yeah. they're $1.21 to Hawthorne's $4.45. Yeah. So I reckon there's a few people in the same boat as us yeah. here. Yeah, Port easily there. Um, also on Saturday night, we've got Gold Coast and Melbourne. A good game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that came off so sarcastic. <laughs> no, nah, well, I mean, Gold Coast bring what they brought against West Coast. I'm not saying they're going to win, but they can at least give Melbourne a, a serious contest, I feel this, like, this at Metricon actually, Stadium. This is a great test for the Suns, I think. Yeah. I th- look, we're tipping Melbourne. I think Obviously. we can both say that. Yeah. Obviously tipping Melbourne, but this is a great test for the Suns. If they can hold their own against the reigning premiers and look impressive at the same time, um, I think that they could, re- they could really be setting themselves up for a good year. We need to see more. Yeah. But if they can do well against Melbourne and hold their own and get close, you know, even if they win, I mean, especially if they win, Will you um, believe if they win? If they win, I'll be, yeah. You'll be a it believer. Depen- it depends how Melbourne plays though. But yeah, yeah. I, I think I'll definitely be a bit more of a believer if they can beat Melbourne um, and make Metricon a fortress for themselves. Yeah. You, that's. I think they need yeah. to do that and be a bit, a bit like Geelong where Geelong, they don't really lose down the skills or GMHBA. Yeah. I think uh, Gold Coast need to try to do that at Metricon and this could be, you know, yep. the first of many. Absolutely. I hope they, uh, hope they do. Um, Sunday, we've got North Melbourne and West Coast at Marvel Stadium. I don't know, it's, it, it's a tough one to pick, isn't it? Like, a North going to be, you know, better at Marvel um, against the depleted West Coast team or a West Coast going to be, you know, better than they were last week? Are they going to get some players back? We don't know. Yeah, I think if West Coast gets some players back, you'll definitely lean towards them. But I'm thinking North just because it's at Marvel. Yeah, I think the Marvel factor makes me lean towards North as well. It is funny that we laugh at West Coast for traveling poorly and not playing mm. well interstate but it's a completely new team so they might travel yeah. really well with these, these um, waffle guys so you never know but I think yeah at Marvel Stadium I'm going to go north and just yep. rely on the fact that West Coast don't travel too well yeah yep. I think north as well uh, Richmond and GWS at the MCG this oh, is big game big game well, Lo- for loser. both clubs zero and two for the loser and we spoke about it before no one wants to be zero and two at no. the start of the year and one of these clubs is going to be unless there's a draw but I don't know. I think from what I saw with Richmond's midfield against Carlton and we're losing, we've lost Dion Prestia now for a few weeks at least and we've got a couple other important injuries. I just, I don't see us knocking over the Giants. I mean, we are the favourites if you look at the sports bet odds, but not by much. And I, I don't know. I think what the Giants did to the Swans, not beating them, but just the performance they put up was a lot better than what we dished up last week. And hopefully we've been revved up and we do something different, but... I don't know. I'd, I hate to do it, but I reckon I'm going to be tipping. I reckon, I reckon the Giants will win. I reckon, I reckon. I said that twice yeah. for some reason, but yeah, I reckon the Giants will get this one. Yeah, it's it's a really tough one to pick. Um, I'm going to give Richmond another chance. I think being at the MCG, I don't think the Giants played too well there and it's obviously your home ground and I think you'll bounce back. I don't think you were as bad overall last week. You just had a really bad last quarter, but before that, I don't think you were as bad as as what people are saying. So I'll back you, back you in. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think one. it's that, that look, we lost a clearance of 22 to 2 in the, the last, last quarter. quarter you, yeah, it got smashed. And that's, we yeah. can't afford to do that against yeah. other sides. So yeah, that's going to be the biggest thing. It's about all the midfield, I think. Yeah. So yeah. And the final game of the round, we've got Frio and St Kilda at Optus Stadium. Jeez, if you asked me last week, I would have been tipping the Saints. But mm. from what I saw, Frio's home game, Optus Stadium, I'm going to be going for the Dockers. Yeah. I think the Dockers will get this one done. Yeah, I'm, Dockers as well. Um, yeah, Saints didn't bring a lot of confidence into my thinking um, after last week. And, and Frio, especially at home as well. I don't think they're going to lose too many over there. So I think they'll get this one done. And then, yeah, Saints 0-2, which will be v- 
very disappointing for if their the, fans. If the Saints do go 0-2, can you still see them playing finals? Absolutely. You can't rule anyone out at 0 It's way too early, but um, history says that not many teams do play finals when they're 0-2, which is crazy. It's a crazy stat considering there's 20 more games to go. But Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's bizarre. But it's also the confidence thing that gets yeah. a lot of those players as well. You lose your first two games, you think, geez, maybe we're not as good as we thought we were mm. in preseason. And I think that's where it starts to creep in. It's more of the mental game rather yep. than actual pure ability. So yep. it'll be interesting. But yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, that Freo aren't going to lose too many at Optus. Yep. All right, that is round two previewed. Um, very much looking forward to it. If it's anything like round one, we're in for an absolute treat. Um, but let's move on to everyone's favourite new segment. It is Cry Me A River. Great cheering coming off the bat there. We didn't, uh, we didn't have it in for the first episode, but I've, I've thrown it in for the second one. And we're following a bit of a the similar theme to last week's Crimey River where I had to go at the umpires. This time it's at the, the MRO, albeit I'm still upset with the umpires this week. But it's, uh, it's the MRO this week. And just the pure inconsistency that they continue to show. And in, in fact, they're actually consistent at being inconsistent. And that's the trend that we've seen. The one that's upset me the most was the Sam Draper incident from the Bombers' Geelong game, where Draper has blatantly thrown a fist into Radagalia's stomach. Radagalia's gone down, had to go onto the bench just to recover. He's obviously winded. Fine, he's not injured. But he's thrown a fist, and they didn't even look at it. He got away. Was it a fine he got away with yeah, or not fine. even? Yeah, it was a fine, wasn't it? So it, I don't understand how that's not minimum one week. If you throw a fist, they're trying to stamp out punching from the game. He's thrown a fist. We are talking about it earlier. Who was it? Zach Merritt. Uh, a year or two ago, copped weeks for doing the same thing to Jack Silvani. If, uh, if anything, I think Zach Merritt is actually more in the play than Draper's was. Draper's, he was out of the contest. He goes, I've got to do something here. He's thrown the fist, hit him in the gut. I think it's just an, an inconsistent yeah, ruling to give him a fine when he's yeah, he's blatantly just thrown a fist. And it's not good. It's not a good look on the game. You don't want to see that. And what happens if he breaks a rib? Do you then... It shouldn't be outcome-based. That's that's my thinking. That's my yep. biggest thing. It shouldn't be outcome-based. If Radagalia breaks a rib, he'd get weeks. Yep. But because he didn't want it, so it's no problem. I, yeah. yeah, I don't think... And they said it was careless. It was deliberate. Yeah. That's my opinion anyway. So that, that's my crimey river for this week. No, it's a good one, mate. I, um, I do agree. I think it's all outcome-based, as we know, with the MRO. It's, you know, if they're injured, you're going to get suspended. If they're not, you can hit, hit them as hard as you want. But if they get up, no injury... Fine, but the biggest thing is that's fine, but make that the rule, yeah. Tell, but they're trying to tell us that it's not outcome based, yeah, yeah. but then what they do clearly shows otherwise. Yeah. So it's there, it's the lying and the inconsistency for me, yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the big call of the week. Um, I've put a lot of thought into this one. Your last one didn't go too well, did it? <laughs> Buddy to kick a thousand before half time versus Geelong, <laughs> he only needs four. <laughs> Seems eerily similar to last week. He's going to be pissed off that he only kicked one goal last week, and I think he's going to come out firing, and he's going to kick four before half time, and the crowd are going to go nuts and run on at the SCG. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You put a lot of thought into that one. Clearly, <laughs> it, um, I'm going to keep different a lot to last week. That's going to be my big call every week until he kicks until it. Until <laughs> he kicks it before half time, no problem. <laughs> Question I got for you: You ran onto the ground last time, buddy. Kicked a big yep. hole and he's a hundredth goal for the season. Yeah. If it was guaranteed. And I don't know how it would be, but if it was guaranteed that Buddy would have kicked his a thousands in Sydney this week, would you fly up? Was no. the experience worth it? No. Knowing it could be the last time we ever do mm. this. 
I don't know. Maybe I'd feel different about it if I hadn't done it before, but because I've done it, it's like I've, I've done that tick. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I can see. I don't know if I'd fly out for it. I'd probably, if it was in Melbourne, I'd most likely go to it, go to the game. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if I'd fly out for it. Yeah, that's yeah. just my opinion. No commitment. That's fair. You would? Oh, yeah. Well, I've flown for games before, so I'm potentially. Mm. If it was guaranteed, I think so. Yeah. Not Maybe not to WA or Darwin or... Yeah, it's only in Sydney. But to Sydney, I yeah. probably would. Our flight from Melbourne's not yeah. too bad. Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. Well, if he doesn't kick it this week, it's playing in Melbourne the week after, so... They will, uh, I think that would be a pretty full stadium if he hasn't kicked it by then. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is the big call. That was, um, yeah, that was groundbreaking stuff that was. That should be the massive call for this week. <laughs> and hopefully I can uh, get a new one for next week and he gets it all wrapped up this week. But, uh, but no, that is, uh, that is us done for episode 88. What a, uh, what a start to the season. It was uh, highly entertaining. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And, um, and then let's hope round two is uh, just as good. But, um, yeah, make sure you review and rate us. Subscribe to all our channels, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter now, so make sure you uh, follow us on there. And, um, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll chat next week after round two.